And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Lord, I'm moving from a simple to a complex life. And my problems are going to move from simple problems to complex problems. And so now what do I, I need a system that's designed best on the word of God. Because I'm growing. A system, I think when I was out having to working for myself business, and they told us that S-Y-S-T-E-M, it's a system, and it means to save yourself time, energy, and money. If you haven't got a system, you're going to waste time, you're going to waste energy, and you're going to waste money. I need a system. I need me a system so I can save myself. Time, energy, and yes, 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 Lord. Money. It's going to come. The money is going to come. Are you with me? It's going to come. You need the energy. Amen. It's all resources from God. Glory be to Jesus. I just thought I would put that in there for free. Amen. And so a murmuring occurred, a complaint came. The Grecians against the Hebrews. Why? As I said, because they said their widows are neglected in the daily ministration. Now, let's stop here for a while and let me explain these groups of people. Who are the Grecians and who are the Hebrews? First of all, these are all Jews. The Grecians are Jews and the Hebrews are Jews. Even though it may sound different, they're all Jews. The commandment given in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 was, Jesus said to them, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in where? Jerusalem. They are still in Jerusalem. The church hasn't gone out. And they haven't started evangelizing Gentiles. Still Jews, 80,000 Jews. They're in Jerusalem. They haven't been to Judea. They haven't been to Samaria. And they haven't been to the uttermost parts of the world. Can you imagine when that happens? The kind of problems that's going to come? But now they're in Jerusalem. So up until then, only Jews in the church. Praise the Lord. Who are Grecians? Grecians, the word Grecian means a Greek-speaking Jew. According to strong concordance. A Greek-speaking Jew. Jews who had been scattered to other countries. And although they were now back in Judea, they spoke Greek as their first language and not Hebrew. So these are the Grecians. They left see the city and they went to New York. Amen. And now they're coming back to Tallahassee. Praise the Lord. And they sound like New Yorkers. But they're Tallahasseans because of the influence, the culture. Are you with me? Not only that, these Jews, they use the Septuagint. The Septuagint is the, is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. They don't use the Pentateuch. They use the Greek translation of the Pentateuch. And so the, the Hebrews now, the the Palestinian Jews are looking at them suspect. You all are not using the authentic book of the Lord. My mom said to me one time, and I, not the, when I talk about my mom, don't get sidetracked, amen? We talk about the influences in our lives. Amen? We talk about them. She said to me, the King James Version is from heaven. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's the only book of the no, it's not. Glory be. It is a good version, praise God. And that's my preferred version. But I've found out otherwise. So, 
They used the Septuagint instead of the Hebrew Scriptures. And while remaining loyal to Judaism, they had absorbed some of the Greek culture that surrounded them. Consequently, that made them suspect to the Palestinian or Hebrew Jews. Many of the Grecians had been in Jerusalem for the Passover and Pentecost after their conversion. So they came to Jerusalem for the Passover and they got saved. They stayed. Hmm? And the church began to swell. After their conversion, they decided to remain under the apostles' teaching. Others were older people who had returned to Palestine to live out their lives. They were the minority in the church, which helped explain why their widows were neglected. And somebody asked, is, is, is that a justifiable complaint? Yes, it was. Because in the pantry, only Palestinian Jews were there. The Hebrews, the Bible called them. They were the ones because they were the minority, the Grecian Jews. So when they saw Grecian Jew coming, <coughs> don't give them two bags of meat, one, one, one bag. <laughs> it, it happens, eh, man? It happens. <laughs> who, who are the Hebrews? <laughs> the Hebrews were the Hebrew speaking Jews. Amen. <laughs> They use Hebrew as their first language, unlike the Grecian Jews. Now, this is the problem. This is the problem with the Hebrew Jews. Let me tell you that before. Let me make that statement before. Hebrews, in the Jews' effort to maintain their identity as a nation while under Roman occupation, retaining the Hebrew language and customs became very important to some and gave rise to this division of the Jews into two groups. What mattered to them most was nationality. And since we've got to be very careful, what mattered to the Jews most was culture. And not having an honest reputation, not being full of the Holy Ghost, and not being full of wisdom. You see, God's standards are different from human standards. Humans look on the outside, are you with me? But God knows. He looks at the heart and he knows to be good leaders. Notice one of the qualifications for the leaders was not that they were with the church from inception. Let me say that again. Not that they were there the longest. Well, some of you don't want to say amen. I know. I will say ouch. That's notice the qualifications because some people just don't grow. Growth takes effort. It takes being purposeful. It takes following God's agenda. It takes knowing what God requires and being humble enough to do it. It happened to me. I was in church for years. And I saw some guys got saved and they just passed me, got into the ministry, put me in reverse. And I began to blame the devil. And even got jealous. But I mustered the courage. And I went to one of the young guys. I mean, grew up in church. The man came in church five years. Been to the ministry. Married. And I'm here looking at him. God, God, you look me over. Hurt. And I went to him and I said, you got to be doing something I'm not doing. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I've been in church. I grew up in church and you just came five, six years and then he asked me question how do you spend your day well i said i go to work praise the lord from it to four he said i'm not talking about that everybody has to work but after four five to nine what do you do and my jaw fell ah uh, ah uh, 
Ah, uh, ah. Uh. And when he gave me what he did, I said no one he knew the scripture could regurgitate the word of God. Talks and walks with authority. And I wanted that. But I thought it came by osmosis. I thought I would just stand there and dance in church. <laughs> and then God would send, ooh, bam. I got it. You know, because that's the way sometimes it's taught in church. Come down the line and I'll lay hands on you and you'll get knowledge. I think not so. Oh, glory be to Jesus. What we have to do is look at these institutions and the natural processes God place around us. Amen. So we can learn something. Look at the natural processes. There is a growth period. There is a waiting period. You matriculate through high school with me. And as you grow through your knowledge in Christ. It, it doesn't come by osmosis. When you graduate. Cum laude. Summa cum laude. Oh whether it's thank you Lord. Amen. <laughs> Just thank you Lord. Well bless God. I came out with a paper. Yeah, you you what you are studied. That's why Second Timothy two two fifteen Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself what approved unto God, not to men, unto God. A workman who is not to be ashamed, but is able to rightly divide the word. Gamaliel, I spoke about in Gamaliel in Acts chapter five. Gamaliel said this about Paul. Gamaliel said he had a problem with Paul. That's what Josephus, Eusebius, and one of the church fathers said. They said, Gamaliel said, I have a problem with Paul. And they asked him, what is your problem? He said, I cannot get enough books to give Paul to read. I'm moving right along here. I'm moving on. Let me move on. Amen. So the Bible says they began to, they began to do what? They began to express their dissatisfaction. Amen. And they begin to say something is wrong. Our widows are not being treated properly. Now who are these widows? Who are the widows? Listen to me carefully now. They are saying hey. The widows. The Greek speaking widows are not being fed properly. Amen. The Jewish widows. The Hebrew speaking widows. They are okay. Praise the Lord. Now these widows. I need to talk a little bit, a little bit about these widows. Because sometimes we don't understand what's going on. The widows were women whose husbands did pass away. Either from persecution, from old age, or from war. Now notice now, these widows are special in the sense that they can't support themselves. Or they don't have family to support them. Frankly speaking, no widow could support themselves. It was almost impossible for a widow to support herself in this culture if a family wasn't there to support a woman listen to me carefully what some of what some of these old uh, church fathers said if they did not have a family member to support them they would literally starve to death and so the church saw amen that as a genuine need praise the lord this is what paul told timothy this is what paul told timothy he said to timothy not uh yeah let's go to what paul told timothy First, he said to Timothy, First uh, Timothy chapter 5, he said, honor, First Timothy chapter 5 verse 3, and I need you to see that right here. He said, I need you to honor widows that are widows indeed. First Timothy 5 3, you need to see that. So when we start doing that, you understand we have scriptural precedence for doing that, amen? Honor widows that are widows in what? 
Because you see, there are some widows who are not widows indeed. There are some widows who have their profile on ChristianSweetify.com looking for a hookup. <laughs> Talking about, I got a hit, I got a hit, I got a hit. No. <laughs> These are not. <laughs> <laughs> These are not widows indeed. Are you with me? No. <laughs> Let me share with you what is a widow indeed. Oh. <laughs> a widow indeed is one who spent their life working for the church. Their husband died and so all they do is serve the church in whatsoever capacity that's needed. They were in church every day praying before service, walking the floors, helping in whatsoever capacity. That's all they did. That is a widow indeed. And so the church realized that these women, they need help and took them and began to support them. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? They had no family to take care of them. The husband died struggling and God said in James chapter 1 verse 27 he said pure and undefiled religion is doing what you, you got to see it you got to know what's pure and un James 1 27 it says a pure religion and undefiled before God the father is to visit the fatherless and what the widows in the affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world so God, it's, at, it's close to God's heart to take care of widows. Widows who are widows indeed. I've heard of pastors who talk about having engine rooms. And they would invite other pastors to look at the engine rooms. And when you go in these rooms, widows are praying 24 hours for the ministry. They call that the engine room of the church. Since you want your life to change, you want your ch our church to change, we're looking... We're looking for people to get employed in the engine room. Anybody? We're looking for... Can you imagine what will happen when the engine room is filled? Are you getting what I'm saying? We need people to come to church early. These, these, these churches, these, these... You know, I can call John Gillick and these guys. Amen. Who, anyhow. Glory be to Jesus. The ministry leave and breathe prayer. Let me share with you this, brothers and sisters. If God is going to use your life in any capacity, you've got to have a prayer life. You've got to have a time where you spend time in God's word, where you can hear God. And the reason why God said he needs these men full of the Holy Ghost and appointed is because full of the Holy Ghost means they're going, to, they're going to sit down and read God's word. Full of the Holy Ghost is a metaphor for being full of God's word. Most times God speaks, he speaks when you are reading the word. Many of us want to hear, I don't hear God. I, I cannot hear God. I have no direction. When last? You read for five hours. And said, I've been going in the wrong way. I need God. I, I'm tired of hearing men and women. I need a word from the Lord. Read for five hours. I guarantee, listen to me, not guarantee you. I guarantee you. That you'll hear him. I, I, you'll hear him. Yes, you will. And then you'll get, a, you'll get so addicted to, to the word of God. You'll hear that still small voice saying, this is the way. Walk in it. And it doesn't matter what anybody tells you. You know this is the way. 
and you're going to walk into it. It doesn't matter what's in front of you. If there is a red sea in front of you and the still fall small voices, this is the way. Walk in it. As you walk in that direction, the red sea has to part. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? No, no, today nobody's interested in this is the way. Walk into it. We look at the world and we look at how they do things. We look at the culture and we want to bring it into the church. The devil is a male liar. Are you getting what I'm saying? We don't do things like the world. Are you with me, saints? Well, <laughs> glory be to Jesus. You read the word and you do what the word says. We submit to God's word. Oh, glory be to God. Since you don't shut me down, some of you looking so quiet. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And the Bible says their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Notice that they do it. When, when did they feed? Daily. They fed daily because it was a need. Everybody had to eat. So everybody put their money together. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Man, I can't spend a lot of time on that. We've, how many of you thank God for, for the help from the government? We do. But the, the responsibility is placed on the church to take care of its own. And the reason why is we can do it. Let me say it again. We what? We can do it. Yes, we can. We can do it. If we put our resources together. Amen. And you know how we're going to put our resources together? You know how? If we get spirit filled. The reason why people are so scared to trust God with their resources is because they are not spirit filled. You get what I'm saying? That's it basically. They are afraid to take a leap and trust God. Trust God. Afraid because why? They have not met God. I'm going to say it as it is. Yes. I know people who met God and but nothing. They hold on to everything loosely. Let me tell you, when you have an encounter with God, you hold on to everything how loosely because suddenly you're now a servant and you're saying, speak Lord, however you want me to use it, I'll use it. I know the, the amen is tight here this morning, but I know it's right. Oh, glory be to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you with me? That's why God called these people servants. Servants. Are you with me? Servants. Glory be to God. When you have your encounter with God, I tell you, um, well, I'm talking about me, not everybody else. Amen. My perspective of things change. I realize it's really God's, not mine's. Because the Bible says, as for man, his days are like grass. Today we are, tomorrow we are not. As for man, his days are like a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> Listen to me, I'm looking. I don't walk blindly. The church is going to grow and I'm looking. The qualifications are in Acts to choose. Oh God, I give you praise. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? We got to do things like God told us to, not like what the world tells us to. Too much influence of the world is in the church. We need to start influencing the world and say, no, that's not what God says. Amen. Whether you are be sweaty, say what God's word says. And if you are shaking, he'll strengthen you. The Bible says, listen to me, what the Bible says. If you, it says in Psalms 31, 24. It says, go to Psalms. You need to see this right here. Psalms 31, is it 24, I think. It says, this is it. Thank you, master. It says, be of what? 
Good courage, you know, before God, do you know what good courage is? Saying the right thing even when you're shaking. Doing the right thing even if you're not sure. And as you do that, this is what the Bible says. And he will what? Hebokosata. The reason why we have no strength, we are not courageous. You can tell me, I have lived it. I know what I'm talking about. You have to first be courageous, then strength, power, might, the tongue of the lunch. Lord, I give you praise. Oh God, I'm preaching over my time. I told you 45 minutes. I'm now on 50. Ah. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? We have to live and do what God's word says. People who are honest. Can you go back to the qualifications? Let me show you this and I'm going to end. Let me show you why God is looking for people like that. Acts chapter 1. Can you go to verse 2? Or oh, verse is that's where the 3, 3, verse 3. Look, you men, men of honest report. You want people who are honest. You want people who are full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom. Because when you find people like that, listen to me, when you find people like that, people who are honest, full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom, culture doesn't matter to them. Nationality doesn't matter to them. They get colorblind. Because God is colorblind. I know it's I know it's not it doesn't feel right but it's the truth. God is not colored. Are you with me? God is colorblind. Are you with me, saints? When you get people like that, they don't care. All they care about is God's business. And whoever qualifies, whoever God tells them to choose, they will choose. Whether or not the world is mad about it. I have seen it with my own eyes. I was mad sometimes. Are you with me? But as I read the Bible, I got educated. I say, oh. So that is why he did that. Because he what? He was what? A man who have honest repute. He had a good reputation. Or she had a good reputation. They don't practice partiality. I hate partiality. It is straight from hell. All right then. Yeah, okay. The Bible says in Romans chapter 2. Verse 11. God is no respect of persons. He doesn't practice partiality. Are you with me? That is why God gave that qualification for leaders. Leaders in the church should be impartial. Honest report. Have a good reputation. Your reputation must first precede you. Are you with me? It goes before you. God has concern about reputation. Because, because, because before people hear you, they hear your name. I didn't mean to preach so hard. I thought I was just coming to. But since we have a manual in the Bible. Amen. The way to do things. If you want God to bless what you're doing, you follow God's agenda. Are you with me? You follow God's what? Agenda. Boy, and we want God to bless what we're doing. Because if God doesn't bless what you're doing, it's a waste of time. You're just wasting your time. Amen. God looked down in your heart and he sees partiality. You haven't grown. Amen. He's going to move on and choose the next person. Are you with me, saints? You, you, 15, 20 years in church, still, imp, still, still what? Still haven't grown from being partial. God is coming. The church is about to explode. He's looking for leaders in the church. Look at the heart. Not full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
looking at the heart because he needs men and women to serve in the church. Praise the Lord. And he's looking to see, walking around looking at the hearts. No, he's going to choose a deacon who has five jobs and a good job in corporate America to be on the board. He's going to overlook Jack, who's full of the Holy Ghost, who can hear from God, and he's going to choose Randolph, who has a PhD, amen, or a master's degree in accounting, to put him on the board. Forget God's requirement. Now, Randolph, yes, he's educated. Randolph is a wonderful man, good family man, but Randolph is not full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Randolph is one of those who's going to give the pastor trouble. He's going to give the pastor a hernia. Are you with me? Are you getting what I'm saying? I can tell you stories, stories, stories of pastors who said to me, I, I have a pastor just 45 miles from here. The entire elder board, half of the elder board were rich. Doctors and lawyers. None of them full of the Holy Ghost. The man lost 50 pounds. They were driving home once and his wife just, she, she had to stop, open the door and just begin vomiting. Fighting the man of God. Because they were elected, not appointed by God. The devil is a liar. Brothers and sisters, we have the Bible. If we follow the Bible, you'll never go wrong. Father, we give you praise, Lord. We thank you. We magnify your name. We glorify your name. We exalt and extol thee. Thank you, Father, for your, for your word. We love, oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation, my meditation all night. All day, Father. God, open our eyes, oh God, so we can see what you are doing. We can see where you are going. Because we need you to bless that which we are doing. We glorify your name. We magnify your name. Teach us your heart, God. We want to see. We want to know your heart. Woo! God, we don't want to miss you. God, we thank you. Oh, we glorify your name. Can you just slip your hands up in the air and just, just worship him for a little while. Thank you, Jesus. You can talk to God since and you, you may have to repent like I did when I was preparing this sermon. I, I had to stop and repent a couple times. Oh, God, help me. Help me, Lord Jesus. I don't want to get ahead of you, Father. Neither do I want to be behind. I want to hear from you, Father. And be obedient to what you're telling me. Where you are leading me, God. Because it's what we do for you that is going to last. What we do for the Lord, that's going to matter. Our works for God go ahead of us. And so, Father, this morning, this afternoon, Father, as we search our hearts, we ask you to forgive us. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Speak to us, Father. Hallelujah. We need help in certain areas, Father. Certain areas are sensitive for us. And so, Father, we need help, oh God, to conquer these areas. I thank you, Lord God, for Philippians 4.13. We can do all things. Even myself, I can conquer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Strengthen me, oh God. Strengthen us. Empower us, oh God. Glory be to Jesus. To do the right thing, Lord God. Oh God, some things we cannot do in our own strength. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Oh, and Holy Spirit, work, work in us. Work in us. We yield to you. 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh God, we bless your name. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. If you are here this morning and you're saying, I need that guidance from the Holy Spirit. I, oh, I need to learn to lean on God more. And glory be to Jesus. You, you, you can get that guidance. You can listen. You can hear that voice which says, this is the way. Walk in it. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.